This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Thank you very much and welcome to Better Than Before. I am Tony Richards and on our show today, Danielle Harrison will be here. She's a financial advisor who works with clients on their financial future and she recently spearheaded an effort to bring the FIRE movie to our town and FIRE stands for Financially Independent Retire Early and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that plus some other things that Danielle's into and some way she helps her clients and a whole bunch of stuff like that. Also, I'll be exploring with a leadership lesson today, the ego question. How harmful or productive does your ego make you? That's all coming up on today's episode. And we'll begin with our guest right after I tell you that Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. The 2019 Subaru Legacy. It comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus 34 miles per gallon. And Subaru is the most trusted brand for four years running, according to Kelly Blue Book. The 2019 Subaru Legacy. It's not just a sedan, it's a Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot To Love event, going on now. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. Are you working twice as hard, but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I'm excited to welcome Danielle Harrison to our program today. She's got a bachelor's in economics, finance, management, entrepreneurship, and English from Westminster College, and she finished up her MBA at the University of Missouri Columbia College of Business. And we're going to talk about uh, financial investment advice and recommendations, and also the big movie that Danielle brought to town here in Columbia, Missouri. So, Danielle, Danielle, first of all, let me just say thanks for doing this. All right. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you here. And we were just talking about you are also a former member of my Leadership Columbia program. Yes. In 2015, we think. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's where a we were. Very enjoyable program, yes, I have to say. Where we originally met, right? Yes. And so where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Versailles, Missouri, which is down near the Lake of the Ozarks. Great. What what your uh, folks do for a living down there in Versailles? So originally, um, my father was in the uh, gas business, and so he had his own company. Um, he was an entrepreneur. Um, when I was younger, he started his own woodcutting company, so he brought uh, loads of wood to every place in Kansas City, and so we ate a lot of barbecue. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Kansas City. Yes. And then my uh, mom was a secretary at a law office. Well, um, you know, when we first met in 2015 in the program, you were just going to Landmark Bank. Um, here in Columbia. And then you decided to transition from banking over to financial investment advice. So what made you want to make that jump? It was just something that I had always been interested in. Um, I was at a point in my career that I had been doing it for about seven years as a commercial lender. And what I've been doing since I got out of grad school. And I was really just ready to dive into something different. Um, I went through, I really don't know why I spent so much time going through all these books of trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I spent all my free time reading Money Magazine and Kiplinger and that's where my passion always lied. So, so. you decided to get your certified financial planner yes. uh, certificate. How mm -hmm. long did that take? I went through the education portion and then the studying in about a year. So That's pretty that. fast, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But so it was good nor to... Normally about three years, isn't mm -hmm. it? That's correct. And you made it in 12 months. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And so you're coming off this triumphant showing of this movie here in Columbia that you've helped bring to town. Um, it's all based around the FIRE movement. Why don't you tell everybody what the FIRE movement is? Yes. So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And financial independence really came onto the scene in around 1992 when Vicki Robinson and one of her co-authors created a book called Your Money or Your Life. And really the premise behind that book is taking a look at what you're, um, what you're trading your life energy for by computing your real hourly wage. And so this is something that I always done in the past where you you look at a, something that you're going to purchase and you think, okay, how many hours do I have to work in order to pay for this? And so say you make $20 an hour and you want to buy an $800 iPhone. That's 40 hours of work, so a standard work week for individuals. And so that was kind of always my mentality. And the book, Your Money and Your Life, really took it a step beyond that. And so it would take your um, 
your salary and start backing out all different kinds of expenses that are related solely to working. And so you think there's transportation, clothing, uh, meals while you're there, childcare, convenience items. And then on the hourly side, you add back all of the additional time that's linked to working. So your commute time, the extra time to get ready, all of that. And you divide that first figure by the second and you get your real hourly wage. And that can be an incredibly eye-opening experience for individuals. Just going through an exercise of that, um, let's continue with that example of someone who's making $20 an hour, so $800 a week. Say you pay $50 in gas to get to and from work, $40 on lunch out, half of a $180 daycare bill, $25 for someone to mow your lawn, $30 on car maintenance and other conveniences, and that brings your total salary to $565 a week. Not counting the, say, 20% in taxes that you're going to pay it right off the top. Mm-hmm. So now you're down to $405 a week. Those taxes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, then you look at your standard work week of 40 hours Say you have an hour commute each day, you spend an extra 30 minutes getting ready in the morning, 30 minutes winding down, uh, and then you have two extra hours that you have to go in on Saturday because you didn't get all of your work done. And so that's a total of 57 hours a week. And so that original $20 an hour job is really getting you $9.82 per hour. And so this exercise helps individuals to look at the sacrifices that they're making for this much smaller amount of funds. Um, And so that's really where it's kicked off. And the premise behind FIRE is why spend 40 plus years working when you can live frugally, save a lot, and cut that down, cut that time down to less than half. Every time I've done that exercise where it I figure out how much I have to work to get something. When it times comes time to get something, I'm like, I don't know. I worked really hard for that. I don't know if I still want to make that trade, mm-hmm. right? And so how much money does it take to be financially independent? Is there a benchmark out there? It is drastically different for everyone. Um, one of the things that you can kind of run just a back-of-the-napkin approach is to take your annual living expenses and multiply it by 25. So what this looks at is if you did the 4% withdrawal rule. So taking out 4% each year in perpetuity, you shouldn't um, run out of money. And so for someone who has an annual expense of $40,000 a year, you're looking at about a million dollars. If you spend $100,000, you're looking at $2.5 million. Personally, for me, I'm a little more conservative, so I would look more at like a 3% withdrawal rate um, just because of the sequence of returns risk, which would be, say, for instance, you retire and the market tanks, and then you're pulling money out of a much lower uh, account balance. Right. And you got to think about inflation too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because your money is constantly worth less. So yes. you're kind of sliding backwards every year as you're trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a little uh, seepage there from inflation. Yes. So. Now, uh, are you doing fire now? 
uh, my family is. Your family is. Yes. So how is that different or whatever from the way you used to live? Really, it hasn't been a huge change for us. Uh, I've always been a saver. It's um, from a very young age. My parents taught me about compound interest, and I had my own little passport book. And at that time, in the early 90s, we were getting about 8% interest. And so it really added up. And so from then on, I've always been a saver. in my household growing up, there were a lot of unfortunate health situations that occurred. My father had several diagnoses of cancer. My grandma had Alzheimer's and moved into us, and which required my mom to quit her job. And so because of that, we were forced to live very frugally. And so for us... Uh, luckily, my parents had paid cash for the home. We had a nice es- nest egg, so we were able to weather the storm. But we, as a family of four, were living on approximately $25,000 a year. And so for me, um, my parents really embodied what financial independence is. Um, they knew that we didn't have a lot, and so they ruthlessly ruthlessly prioritized what they would spend money on. And so we never took a trip. We didn't buy brand name clothes, didn't go out to dinner, but they saved for the future and my education. And on a $25,000 salary, they were able to save $70,000 for my education. Wow. And luckily I got a full ride scholarship and didn't have to use that. And I now have that earmarked for my child. Um, But that time in my life really showed me what was important. And it's not about the money. It's about the time that you spend with your loved ones. And so for me, when I graduated school, I was making well more than what my family had been living off of. And so for me, I always just kept in mind um, that I didn't want that lifestyle creep and always paid myself first by saving. And then everything else I could spend. I think I I bought my first house in 1988 and I think it was $40,000, but I think the interest rate was 15%. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was the bad part about it, right? Uh, but and people said that they never saw interest rates dropping below uh, 10%. Yeah. And, and they change. did. And saving <laughs> and savings uh, interest and stuff rose. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, by the 90s, it flipped back over. Right. So what are some of the things that you've done to save money or cut your expenses? So for us, we are just very mindful of our expenses. I would say if you looked at us, you wouldn't think of us as people who are very frugal unless you knew me. And then and then you understand Um, uh, most of our furniture is either from grad school or something that my husband made. He's extremely handy. Right now, he's redoing our shower because it had a leak, and the uh, estimate was $15,000. So right there, we're saving about $10,000 just for labor. We don't spend a lot on travel or food. There's For a long time, I only had my hair cut at a cosmetology school. We changed, um, personally, I changed my phone plan so it's $30 a month we cut the cable bill all of those no Netflix 
And for us, we just really honed in on what was important to us. So do you have a target age for this financially independent target? That is a tough one, Um, particularly because we've had such a long bull market. It could fall. They, they don't expect it to for the next couple of years. Sure. But well, anytime, it could. Anytime the and markets... so it's hard to come up with a really good date. Um, if you start looking at averages, I would say about 10 years to 15 will be financially independent at that time. I mean, when the market's going up, the only safe prediction is that it will go down. And when mm-hmm. the market's going down, the only safe prediction is that it will go up, yes. right? When it's raining, you can predict that the sun will shine, right? <laughs> And so it's all cyclical. But how has your mentality changed through all of this? Yeah, at the beginning, I was really only looking for an escape. I'd been doing the same thing for seven years, and I really had no passion for it. And I was just looking for the fastest way out. But as I delved deeper into the fire community, one thing that was recurring was focusing and creating a life that you wanted to live now, Um, being mindful with your money, but not completely sacrificing today for the tomorrow. Um, And something just clicked after I returned to work after having my son. Um, Maybe it's some of the frank conversations that I had with my husband, but I knew I was miserable and I wanted to be a positive influence for my son and decided I'm just going to make the change. And so that's when I moved into the financial planning, uh, something that I'd always been passionate about and worked towards my CFP. And then really um, what I'd like to focus on next is more of the psychology behind it and the relationship that people have with money. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that I wanted to note as well is that Many times the focus of fire has been portrayed by the media as just really the retire early. That's what their focus has been on. For me, it's more the financial independence. I may be financially independent and continue working, which if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, that's what I what I'll continue. But unlike many, I'll have the choice to be able to do that or not. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm just sitting here thinking about all the things you said that you weren't doing. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, wow, when do you get to start having fun again? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a mentality thing, right? It's just really kind of how you think about it. So if somebody wants to find out more about FIRE, um, how, how would they go about doing that? There are some really good podcasts out there. One I would suggest is called Choose Fi, and that's Choose F-I. Uh, That's where I really started delving into the community. Um, They have what they call the pillars of FI, so some of the levers that you can pull. Um, It could be uh, different passive income, like rentals, or uh, increasing your income, lowering your expenses. That's a really good one. Um, I like that one. Yes. (laughs) But the biggest thing is just making the first step. And so taking a look at what you're spending and seeing where there's room to cut. The media harps on cutting out your lattes, but that isn't going to move the needle uh, as much as you need it to. So taking a look at your big expenses first, your housing, your cars, uh, lavish trips. And then once you get those under control, 
then you can start looking at those littler things um, that you can cut. Uh, But focusing on paying down your high interest debt and utilizing retirement accounts, one of the things that I have been baffled by is the number of individuals who leave money on the table by not putting in at least the match of their company. Um, That's one of the easiest things you can do. It's a hundred percent return. And as a wealth advisor, I feel like people are overly concerned with the misconception that investing is too hard and complicated. They're scared to make a wrong move. And so they don't do anything, which is actually worse and so well, you can thank the media for that one too. Yes, yes. Turn those TVs off. <laughs> um, performance does matter, but the biggest thing you can do is increase your savings rate. Make sure you have a good asset allocation for your risk tolerance. Maintain low fees, and then really let it ride and not focus on it. Uh, there's a saying out there that time in the market is more beneficial than timing the market, and that's something that I wholeheartedly agree with. I always uh, am fascinated by people who will go to the casino, but they won't invest. Like So at the casino, you hear about the one big winner, and you don't hear about the millions of losers, right? In the stock market, you hear about the one big loser, and you don't hear about the millions of winners. Yes. And so <laughs> um, it's just funny how people's minds work. So Danielle Harrison is our guest. She's a financial advisor here in Columbia, Missouri. So any final words of wisdom? Yeah. So even if the fire movement sounds too extreme for you, I would suggest sitting down and taking a closer look at your life and really prioritizing what is important to you. Make a list of those things. And then after you do that, take a look at your calendar and take a look at your bank statements and see how those coincide. And if they are way off the mark, that's when you can start making changes. Good advice. So I've got a standard list of closing questions I ask everybody who comes on the show. And I'll just uh, shoot these to you in rapid fire succession. So first up, what's the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? I would say my wedding day. Um, And we were frugal about that. We made the decision to only invite our very immediate family. And so there was about seven of us. And my biggest goal uh, was to make sure that my dad walked me down the aisle. And uh, he was in poor health and uh, passed away within the year. And so that was one of the best decisions that I made. Who's the number one hero in your life? My parents, uh, but both for very different reasons. What are the reasons? Uh, I would say, well, one of them is just their fortitude. I think that's a common Um, my father was always very good at pushing me and knowing my limits and telling me very good advice. Um, and my mom just has a heart of gold. What's the top value you subscribe to? Have no regrets. Who's the most important person in your life? That's not a fair question. (laughs) Uh, Definitely my husband, my child, and my mom. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Well, right now I have a, an obsession with chocolate milk and I even had to start drinking coffee to lower my intake of chocolate milk. Cause I will, will go to a store and we'll buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite food? Oh, right now it has been bacon wrapped 
jalapenos with cream cheese. And the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Vail, Colorado. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Impact. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who makes a positive impact on others, stands up for what I believe in as well. If you could go back and talk to little Danielle, what would be your advice for you? I would say to just be authentic. I think for a long time there, I had walls that I would put up and I've really focused on having authentic relationships and that's really made a huge huge difference in my life. What's your favorite sound? My son's laughter. And what's the best lesson you've learned? I would say to ask for what you want because people can't read your mind. And if you want something in life, just go after it. So we've been visiting with uh, Danielle Harrison. And so tell everybody where they can find you if they're I mean, you've probably convinced hundreds of people that they need your financial <laughs> advice. How would they find you? Uh, you can email me, and that is danielle.harrison at landmarkbank.com. Sounds good. Danielle Harrison, she brought the uh, Fire movie to Columbia a couple of weeks ago. We enjoyed going and enjoyed the uh, financially independent, retire early, whole Uh, movie and concept and I would encourage you to investigate that a little bit more I'll have uh, more on better than before right after this the 2019 Subaru Legacy it comes with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus 34 miles per gallon and Subaru is the most trusted brand for four years running according to Kelly Blue Book the 2019 Subaru Legacy it's not just a sedan it's a Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your locally owned dealer. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards. And in today's leadership lesson, I want to talk about the ego question. Is ego bad or good? Well, first of all, leaders need ego. And everybody has one, no matter how much they deny it. A really strong ego can support and propel you through some pretty turbulent times. The problem is that the ego has needs. Your ego wants to look good. Your ego wants to be right. Your ego doesn't want to be caught in a mistake publicly. It doesn't want to admit failure. And probably most powerfully of all, it wants to appear to be in control at all times. Now, as you can imagine, this can cause some hefty bumps in the road. Problems occur when the ego is given too much control over your behavior, your attitude, and your communications. 
Balancing your ego helps you stay strong and take charge of various situations you'll encounter. And being able to keep your ego in check will enable you to demonstrate your ability to strongly lead yourself. Only highly self-aware leaders can achieve this vital balance to position themselves to lead in a strong way and to lead strong teams and to build strong organizations and achieve sustainable results. Is it wrong to accept praise? Is it wrong to feel good about success? Well, hardly. There's nothing wrong with you receiving a pat on the back when it's well-deserved. If you're practicing your role well, there should be some praise coming your way. There should be some admiration coming your way. There should be some affirmation coming your way. And just because you're a leader, you shouldn't be exempt from all things humans enjoy emotionally. The challenge for you is to accept the praise and the good feelings that it brings while at the same time remembering that you're no better than the next person. Ancient Romans had a practice in which they welcomed home victorious military leaders. They'd put a slave next to him in the victory parade who would whisper in his ear, all glory is fleeting. Remember, you are just immortal. Success is something you must continually earn even after you've won and received some praise. The question is not whether someone has a big or small ego. The key really is whether the ego is in control or wildly out of control. And no one ever thinks their ego is out of control. Yet ego has launched more unsuccessful products, acquired more unsuccessful businesses, turned over more employees, lost more market share, and delivered more poor results than any of us can imagine. Uncontrolled ego has cost us more in the business world than any other aspect. It's also affected political offices, even up to the U.S. presidential position, resulting in poor strategic and moral decisions. One key to success is devising ways to determine is my ego clearly out of bounds? After all, wouldn't you rather be successful with a controlled ego than fail with an uncontrollable one? Sure you would. One way to accomplish this is to realize you will never go undefeated, you'll never go without making a mistake, and you will not look great in every situation. You did not inherit your ego, you developed it. Therefore, you can manage and control it as well. And what can you do? Well, give yourself a framework of questions you can ask yourself to manage and control your ego. Maybe something like, can I ever be wrong? How much do I trust others in my success? Can I recognize bad decisions? Can I admit bad decisions? Can I admit mistakes? Can I reverse them? Can I say, I'm sorry, I was wrong? If that's a tough one for you, your ego might be slightly out of control. Can I give up control when needed? Can I share credit with others or even defer it to them when I should? These are all strong questions that you can ask yourself to make sure that your ego stays in balance with your success. That's our show today. We're brought to you by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event that's going on now. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. 
Be sure and give us a five-star rating. It helps us move up the podcast charts so other people can find better than before and share in the value you're receiving from our podcast every week. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate you subscribing and listening to us on every single show. Follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and also at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that God is the source of all your success, and everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.